Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Movie Mastery in theaters now. This week, it is John, your host, and Jeff, the other host. And we are bringing you the tales of Jumanji. And we're doing comically deep voices the entire time, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I could do my regular one, but I'm all sick, so it sounds all fucked up. (laughs) And I actually just normally talk like this, and I've changed it for the show for all these years. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's your normal voice. This is my normal voice. And that's Jeff's normal voice. I dropped your taco in the fire, sir. They oh, take, no. <laughs> they take it out of my salary if I don't get it out. Oh, man. That comes out of my paycheck. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. <laughs> anyway. Hello. Hey, so we watched the new Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. That, oh, does it have a subtitle of Welcome to the Jungle? Yes, it is okay. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I didn't really pay attention to the opening of the movie. I was too busy. Or any of the movie. What? No, I watched I the- saw you asleep over there. Did I fall asleep? Hand down your pants. Okay, now I know you're kidding, because I'm wearing a pretty <laughs> tight belt to stop myself from playing with the, playing with the merch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop myself from going to the gift shop, if you know what uh, I mean. Yeah, I don't I don't dig around in there uh, uh, when I'm out in public. So, so now I know you're kidding i was awake for the whole thing i just wasn't paying attention to the beginning because of my standard hatred of people who sit near me in movie theaters yeah well i mean as soon as i saw we had people sitting right behind you i was like oh man poor guy and what's particularly weird is that it's not so much people talking that bothers me which there was a lot of behind me today is a lot well we had uh families Yeah. yeah it was kids on either side and behind us yeah the talking doesn't bother me quite so much the thing that really got me was that apparently one of the kids the kids had been given just a bag of plastic by by their parents <laughs> here you go have some crinkle plastic have some crinkly plastic whatever's in here is an inexhaustible supply because you'll never stop crinkling it but apparently it's very nearly empty because crinkling it to get down to the bottom of it is all you do <laughs> no there's nothing in there it's just crinkle plastic yeah, that's it, what it's it, there it's for. just some p- plastic to keep the kid quiet apparently which it is not doing because the kid is crinkling plastic the entire film uh the that's other, unfortunate man the, the other sad thing that happened in this movie was straight up a boner joke that I, I heard a mom trying to shut a kid up about for about five minutes Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if you heard that, but the kid, no. the, but the kid was like, what? Because, okay, so, spoiler alert, Jack Black in this movie is a girl, um, or a girl is using Jack Black as a video game avatar, and at one point, uh, he gets a boner, uh, and, yeah. and the girl has never had a boner before, and, and from a, a waist-up view of Jack Black, he he says in his girl voice, wow, these things are crazy, in regards to, you know, uh, his, a boner. His, his boner. A super boner. So, a, a little kid in the row behind me said, what? What's crazy? And the mom was like, we'll talk about it later. And he was like, no, tell me, what's crazy? Does he have a snake on him? What is... Oh, he's got a snake on him. He's he, what, is this a video game thing? And she's like, we'll talk about it later. Look, sometimes sometimes things are just crazy. And it, he would not let it go. And, and at a certain point, he had sensed that she was trying to play him and was like, no, you should just tell me what it is. You should tell me. And I was like, oh, boy. Uh, what, what was this movie rated that there are so many goddamn dick jokes in it? Well, that was, I mean, again, no spoilers, but that was pretty much Jack Black's whole raison d'etre in this movie is to make dick jokes. To be a dick joke, effectively. Yes. Is is his, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's his, uh, it's his thing to do. But, okay, why don't we go ahead and talk about this thing without spoilers for a little while. I mean, so, I, I spent the whole time irritated by children. Yeah, I, I actually watched the original Jumanji about three days ago. Yeah, that's same as me, except replaced three days with about 16 years. Aw, that's a shame, because I love the original Jumanji, like, a lot. Fucking, it's, the graphics are real bad. I mean, just bad. But, the, uh... Uh, 
Robin Williams is just great in it. He was a national treasure, and I am sorry he is gone. Yeah, I, I like Robin Williams quite a bit as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that Jumanji, the original, is a bad film. It just hasn't made its way across my desk in about 16 years. Ah, Yeah, no, I, I've watched it every few years. I'll watch Jumanji. I don't know why I like it so much. I just do. But, uh, yeah, not even as a I'm planning to watch this Jumanji. It was just... I was with my family, and it like came up on Netflix, and they went, ooh, Jumanji. I'm like, all right, sure, why not? Nice. Yeah, so basically this movie is a modern update to Jumanji in that uh, there's you know a video game system that, that replaces the board game of previous things, which is a real bummer because you know the, the board game was a really cool prop. Yeah, I mean, it, it gave you this tactile sense to what was going on and the entire theme of the game invading reality was fun. Yeah. Since this is all about them basically invading that reality Yeah, this is, this is a virtual world. There's no chance of spillover into the real world, which is honestly kind of a bummer because, I mean, I, I, I at least appreciate that this is very different from the original Jumanji film, and it's not just a shot-for-shot shot remake with The Rock instead of, you know, uh, Robin Williams. Uh, but there was so much fun in the original Jumanji from nature invading a suburban neighborhood. Yeah, and but- the, the fact that it's just the kids in a video game version of Jumanji means you don't quite have the stakes. I mean, they, like, keep... it's, they could die, but yeah. the, the original one was, if we don't finish this game, then we have fucked this town. Yeah, it's got the standard, you know, you get a couple of video game lives, but if you run out of lives, it's game over. Yeah. It's, it's just game if over. If we die in the game, we die for real? Yeah, except, you know, instead of having that spoken in an incredulous little kid voice, having it spoken in, in a, uh, you know, incredulous... Kevin Hart voice. Kevin Hart voice. And, uh... <laughs> Oh, I don't hate on Kevin Hart. No, I don't hate Kevin Hart. I, I, well, you know what? Actually, fuck it. I, I, there's, there's things about Kevin Hart I'm not a huge fan of. Ah, he's He's been doing the same bit of husbands be getting this action, uh, wives be getting this action for like 30 fucking years. Eh. Quit, quit it. Quit it, dude. Quit it. He's very old school. It's like he decided to be a comedian sometime in the 90s and then picked up some joke book from 1955 and was like, yeah, I'll run with this. Nah, man. He's got plenty of jokes about being small. That's true. He has some short jokes that he that he can do, but all of his all of his uh, like gender and home home jokes are the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I that's it's just it's just a thing. All right, all right. fine. But he's okay in this movie. I mean, he mostly it's mostly short jokes and whining. <laughs> so uh, no spoilers. I'll definitely say this is a movie that you can sit and watch and enjoy. But I. I mean, I wouldn't really recommend you go see it in theaters. It's definitely something that, if you like the original Jumanji, you could rent this or wait till Netflix and watch it, and you'll have a decent enough time watching it. I mean, I'll go ahead and say this. Definitely do not need to see this in theaters. Yeah. No. Because there's only... Here's the thing I remember about the original Jumanji, having seen it about 16 years ago. Cool animal effects all the time, and cool plant effects all the time. Just neat, cool animal and plant things happening. Yeah. Maybe not completely all the time, but a lot. In this movie, it's mostly grizzly guys. Guys on motorcycles. Yeah, the, this movie's cheap. The adding of most of the villains are just like dudes in a jungle. Yeah, made that really unfortunate. So there's like two good animal scenes in the whole film. Yeah, a- and th- th- even those aren't all that impressive. They're like you know Peter Jackson King Kong level, which would be impressive if it came out when the Peter Jackson King Kong movie did. But now it's just like oh no, a cloud of identical rhinos. Oh. Well, I mean, let me just state the fucking spiders from the original Jumanji. 
straight up look like some 99 cent store Halloween decorations. Like, the original Jumanji's effects were not amazing. Yeah, but they were they were kept on. They didn't turn off the pilot light. This movie is just, oh, there's one interesting scene with a hippo. What's the next thing? A whole bunch of dudes with grease makeup on their faces on motorcycles. Uh, the next uh, scene? Motorcycles again. How about that third scene? Motorcycles. How about the fourth scene? Oh, it's the motorcycle guys. Not on motorcycles. Okay, what next? Cool rhinos. Oh, sweet. Great. After that, motorcycle guys. Uh, you're so angry about motorcycle guys. They're so cheap to use, is the thing. And that's what this movie felt like. This movie felt like they blew their, their entire thing on the rock's salary and were left with <laughs> like, uh, well, what can we afford? Uh, motorcycle guys. Okay. All right. Well, roll with that. Uh, so there you go. That is sort of our initial impressions of that. No spoiler. I mean, except for their dick jokes, but it's Jack Black. You got to assume that's going to be in there. So we will be back after some music with the actual full spoiler review of Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Pardon me. Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. In the jungle, welcome to the jungle, watch it bring you to your na-na-na-na-knees, watch it bring you down. Hey, we are back. It is time to dive into the world of Jumanji. Uh, yeah, we'll do that through a little, some, long ago, in the far off year of 1996. Well, I mean, it it picks up right where the other movie left off, because that movie came out in 96, so they got rid of the game, Mm -hmm. and uh, it comes back essentially the year after, or the point right after they had finished. So I guess you can confirm for us, for people who haven't seen Jumanji in a long time, that they threw it in the ocean? Uh, They threw it in a river, so it Uh, went somewhere into water. So So it has washed up on a beach in some little town that they they give it a name Brantford which is i believe actually the name of the town from the first one okay sure well it looks like that town has a river and a forest and a beach so it looks very nice maybe yeah. it's up in like you know pacific northwest it's probably yeah uh but there's a guy out running on the beach or doing some fun stuff on his beach and he finds it the the Jumanji board game and picks it up and runs home with it yeah he's like gives it to his kid and he's like hey look what i found yeah that's right yeah he finds it and gives it to his kid his kid is a like basically a bargain basement 1996 metalhead he has a he has a metallica shirt on he's got long greasy hair he's got a bunch of posters that are black with some like hot pink highlights and a list of dates on them yeah i mean he is he is just your standard mid-90s metal guy and he is playing the weirdest video game i've seen in some time it is an extremely pixelated but still somehow polygon ps1 style video game about like kart racing well it was i mean it straight looked like road rash to me yeah because it was motor motorcycle guy blowing up cars or something yeah it could also be one of those you know like rogue mission or vigilante eight or yeah yeah one of those it could be but but any of those ps1 titles where you were a dude in a car blowing up other cars yeah there were a whole bunch of those exact same games yeah and and the big one i haven't even said the name of yet because i always forget it because for some reason i was a vigilante eight man but it was twisted metal yeah but i mean this felt more like like a carmageddon maybe yeah blowing up npc things rather than just i'm in a duel with cars yeah fair enough so it's more like a Carmageddon. Uh, 
but we also get to see him playing it a little bit, and he's got some extremely terrible voice or uh, video game acting. Unless that entire game is driven by the X button, because huh. all he does is hammer the X button as fast as he can. Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe that's his attack button, and he just wants to beat the shit out of them. Cars. Oh yeah, maybe when he cut off screen, he switched to Mortal Kombat, and he had to chop his way through a whole bunch of blocks or something. Yeah, because he was basically just wishing he had a turbo button. <laughs> all he was doing, he was sitting there. He didn't even have his finger on the joystick on the other side, and he was just going X X X X X X X X X X X X X X. I was like, that's not going to win the game, dude. You clearly need to steer the motorcycle. Nah. Unless it's press X to steer. Nah, it's just press X to go, press X to steer, <laughs> press X to win. <laughs> that must Maybe that's the name of the game he was playing. Yeah, press X. So he gets the Jumanji board game, pops it open, says, ugh, who plays board games? Which, the funny thing to me is, when it hits 2016, because of the resurgence of board games, you would totally get people to be like, oh, dude, sweet. You'd, you'd be way more likely to get someone to play your game if they were like, oh, a rad-looking old-school board game than if they were like, look, some shit that looks like an Atari. Eh. <laughs> so, uh, there's no way I can even hook this up to a TV. Fuck it. I mean, it's not like he has the Atari in the first place. He gets a video game cartridge that looks like an like a half-sized N64 cartridge later. I mean, it looks like something that went into, the, like, the Sega Master System is what it looked like. It's got the gray stylings. To me, it looked like an N64 cart. But, okay, let's keep pushing forward with what happens. He goes, uh, who plays video games? Or who plays board games? <laughs> who plays video games? Uh, certainly me. Uh, I'm so terrible. Uh, uh, everything I do starts with, uh. <laughs> I am definitely a teenager that has been written by adults. <laughs> uh, uh, I love Metallica. <laughs> uh, music these days that I like. Uh, I think I'll go outside and be rude to my elders. <laughs> uh, uh, I hate the classics. <laughs> uh, I can't even be quiet for 15 goddamn minutes. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly a teenager written by adults. <laughs> so, so okay, um, he, he puts the board game up on a shelf, and then late at night, indeed, he, drums does he hear. He hears the drums. The drums of Jumanji. Drums echoing in the deep. Yeah. He has dug too greedily and too deep. <laughs> Yes, he hears the drums of Kaza Doom. <laughs> uh, the Balrog approacheth. Yeah. So when he opens up the Jumanji game, instead of the board being in there like it normally is, inside is just a game cartridge that says Jumanji. Yeah, and if you flip the cartridge over, it says Superman 64. <laughs> oh, no! That's how you know it's evil. That's when we get, finally get that sequel to Zathura that's eventually going to come out. <laughs> that's right. Zathura references. Yeah. Okay, so... He's like, huh, now it's a video game. Ugh. I forgot to say that at the beginning of the sentence. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I'm so stupid. I don't even have consistencies in how I say things. <laughs> Ugh. I never wash the car. <laughs> Ugh. I hate taking out the trash. <laughs> So, for some reason, instead of freaking out that he opened up a board game and a video game was in there, he's like, well, let's pop this motherfucker in and play it. And now I want to stop for a second, because what he pops it into is an interesting little oddity. I have no idea. I understand that they were trying to go for a, there's no way you can place this feel to it, mm -hmm. but honestly, the console itself being wood-paneled... Yeah, it's a wood-paneled... It looks like a wood-paneled Super Nintendo with built-in multi-tap support. Yeah, because... I mean, the wood paneling thing, you're like, well, this is an Atari. Yeah. This is super old school. Yeah, it's it's straight up an Atari with wood buttons on it. But it takes cartridges top-loaded. Yeah, it takes... And in a weird spot, they don't go into the center. They go off on their own in a little side-load place that's still a top-load top mount, but it's off on the edge of the console. Yeah, it's like the, the left side of it is all 
a like the console itself, and then to the right is a little thing where you slot into the top load. The, and that's definitely the cartridge. When, when you're designing a video game system, the first thing you want to do is move the video game as far from the processor as possible. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you you don't want to make anything centralized in this. You want to give everything its own little space. Yeah. Uh, and then four controller slots that are all built right down up into the middle of the system, uh, which is which is weird. I mean, it's also really fascinating to see a 1996 system with native four controller support. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you didn't really get that. The Super Nintendo, you had to get a... A multi-tap. Yeah, you had to get the multi-tap add-on to it. Yeah. Which, and then for, I think it was the 64, was the first time you really got that baseline native four-player. Yeah, the N64 and the Wii are pretty much the two that did the, the early native support, and, and those are up in the 2000s. So this is a very unusual machine. Uh, it's a wood-paneled, side-loaded Super Nintendo with four-player and multi-support. And here's the most important thing about it. It didn't come out of the Jumanji box. No, he already had this console. Like, Jumanji just gave him the cartridge to put in there. Yeah, I I'm sure he just sat around with that thing for years going, well, what will I ever load into my, you know, 1996 Atari 25,000? My, my super Atari 64. I don't even know what this thing is. I assume it's some kind of Neo Geo. <laughs> some kind of Neo Geo. Ain't no one ever seen a Neo Geo, so so who knows, right? This is one of those TurboGrafx Jaguar machines. <laughs> it's a Game Gear. I mean, pro oh, it's a Sega Nomad. Ah, oh, there you go. It's the 3DI Nomad. <laughs> it's a 3DO. It's a Philips CDI Nomad 16. There we go. It is a bunch of dumb bullshit you've never heard of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of even more rare systems that you could be, you could be like, like maybe the the Swan or the the Lynx. Yeah, there you go. The, the Lynx was the was the Atari handheld entry, and it was extremely stupid looking. It's so dumb. The Atari it is Lynx. definitely an N-Gage. <laughs> the N-Gage. Oh man, that thing is a joke. All right, so. We don't really see much after that. He starts playing he, the video yeah. game. He starts the video game. It cuts out to the outside shot of the house, and everything goes green. And, you know, you just sort of assume he gets sucked into the video game because you've seen the trailer, and you know that that's what this is about. That's what these things do in these movies. They suck you into the video game, and then inside the video game, it's nothing like a video game in there. Yeah, when you have a movie about video games, it's you get sucked into the video game unless it's The Wizard, and then it's about actually playing video games, which is weird. Oh, The Wizard's about a lot of things. <laughs> the wizard is. <laughs> Woo! Man. I mean, you've also got the King of Kong for a movie that's about playing video games. Yeah, but that's more documentary than like straight up entertainment movie. Fair enough. Okay, but anyway, uh, also the nice thing about movies where you get sucked into video games is that the moment you do, you're actually sucked into a place where screenwriters who have never played a video game have find themselves. Yes, <laughs> it so is definitely <laughs> like adults writing teenagers. It is a bunch of adults who have never played a video game who are like, ah, you've been sucked into the video. game game you need to press a to jump and whip and you're like what hold on what what no dude come on guys this one at least kind of toys with the conventions of video games occasionally it, it sort of does it for comedy and then turns it right back off again yeah uh, so we jump ahead the year is now 2016 it's 20 years later oh so it's exactly so this movie set a year ago this is a period piece yeah huh okay cool so the year is 2016 and we start with our four new heroes we've got spencer a total nerd yeah a video game nerd he's playing zangief and he has the weirdest moment because he's playing a zangief online game he gets he gets a ryu into a spinning pile driver then he gets a text message which he stops to check and reply to and then he looks back up on the screen and he has lost and he's mad about it yep. well yeah bro you stopped playing for like two minutes yeah, it's which, Street Fighter. Let me tell you something. There is 
no self-respecting video game nerd who is like, yeah, I'm beating the shit out of someone in a fighting game that's like, but let me just quickly stop, put the controller down, look at my phone, and then look back at the screen. Yeah, and he's so disappointed. Uh, uh, I can't believe I lost video game. Video game is my favorite. Uh, I have no respect for the presents my grandparents give me for Christmas. Uh, you know what's terrible? Socks and other things that I could use. <laughs> Oh, I had no sense of perspective. <laughs> oh, I hate the greatest generation. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's like super grumpy that it, that apparently his online opponent didn't just stop for a second. Like he was just like, "Oh, dude, bro, hang on, hang on, car." But anyhow, the text message is from his old childhood friend, Fridge. And Fridge is like, hey, have you finished writing the paper yet? Meet me at the Freak House. Yeah, so we get the establishment of him being a nerd who is writing someone else's paper. Mm -hmm. Fridge, we then see, is a huge jock, and he's (laughs) definitely like 32 years old. So Fridge, we meet in his own house first, and he is talking to his mama, who wants him to try some Campbell's Chunky Chicken Soup. (laughs) Uh, Literally, that's what she looks like. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, and he, I mean, we, we, he's, he's very jock archetyped. And then his mom comes running in and she's like, are you getting good grades? Have you eaten any chunky hamburger soup? <laughs> you, you're going to get kicked off the team. Mom, I'm the coach. <laughs> mom, I'm 35 years old. I haven't been on the team for a while. <laughs> I play in a local league like the, at the park, mom. They're not going to kick me off. <laughs> mom, I'm, I'm an accountant. <laughs> but honestly, what he is in this movie is a, is a collection of bad cliches. Like, it's really unfortunate with this character how cliche he turns out to be. Well, he's all the jock stuff. Yeah. So he's basically telling his mom, I'm going to go meet my friend, my old childhood friend Spencer. He's tutoring me so I can pass history and stuff these days. Yeah. That's why I'm not going to get kicked off the team because I'm getting help from Spencer. So that's so he's lying to his mom and he's off to go get a, a, a uh, stolen or a count, what do you call it, pl- uh, plagiarized, except he's not even writing it. So it's just a purchased paper. Yeah. It's, it's just cheating. It's just cheating. So he's off to just go cheat at history. Yeah. Uh, and then he meets up with Spencer out in front of the uh, the, freak, the house. freak house. And it turns out that is the house from the beginning of the movie where the kid went missing. And now it's all run down and fucked up. And his dad in there has grown all angry and grumpy over the years because his son randomly disappeared one day. Yep. And so he's taken to walking around with a snow shovel and growing a beard. <laughs> and he's real scary. But someday he'll hit a wet bandit in the face. Someday. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. First, Spencer's got to get an entire cheese pizza all for himself, though. (laughs) So, Spencer and Fridge meet in front of the freak house. Uh, It turns out that this isn't a cash exchange or anything. This is Spencer just trying to be friends with his old high school or this old elementary school friend. Yeah, which... It was kind of weird to me that there was no back and forth on that. It was just, here, I have done your paper. That is all. I have required nothing from you. Yeah, there's no, this isn't an exchange. And it's not like they were friends at the moment to the point where he was like, yes, you are my good friend. I will do a favor for you. No, he's trying to get back in the good graces of his old friend, Fridge, who is now 32. (laughs) And uh, and Fridge is like, yes, thank you for the paper. I will not hang out with you in the future. This was not transactional. I'm going to go get a ride from that girl. A who random... honked at me and we will never see again yeah here let me get into this the other the only other <laughs> black student in school has passed by i will get in her car goodbye good day sir <laughs> so we th- this is letting us know that fridge has decided to move on to cooler life than his nerd friend who is a nerd in that he is plays a lot of video games has a mole on his face and uh is jewish is jewish and wears a raincoat well, the 
brief scene we get with his mom is basically the uh anything could kill you be safe out there so he's he's like eddie from uh it he's just one of those like oh my god anything could kill me i have to be prepared i'm wearing a raincoat even though it's not raining because who knows i've got five layers of purell on and i'm always talking about how i'm allergic to everything it's that character yes then we cut to what's her name Bethany. Uh, bethany so bethany's house where bethany is taking an instagram photo of herself in basically just a straight up cliche parody of teenage life it, i mean she may as well have just had the line of "Ugh, i'm such a millennial and i love instagram yeah so she's quietly arranging coffee for her coffee cups and the furniture in her house so she can take a picture of herself waking up sexily yeah oh just woke up like this hashtag no filter hashtag love my life yeah god damn it like I gotta say, I love Jack Black as Bethany more than I like Bethany as Bethany. Well, yeah, because Bethany as Bethany is terrible. The moment she gets into Jack Black's body, she's like, oh, you can't be judging me all the time. You've barely even met me. I think you've got some deep-seated issues. And you're like, wait, where was all this shit when you were a little girl? Whoa, hold up. Yeah, none of this, this is all Jack Black. None of this is you. <laughs> Uh, Your dialogue when you were, like, a teenager was things like, I'm too pretty to help. Yeah. And stuff. It was just like, oh my god, I need to finish this phone call. Yeah, there was no, there wasn't a hint of this deep, like, psychological understanding of other people that she exhibits when she is Jack Black. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a, just a, a, a miss on the part of the film. Eh. Anyway, so she's taking a dumb selfie of herself. Cut to her in class. She's on the phone in there. She's on, not just on the phone, she's Skyping with someone. Yeah, she is FaceTiming with her friend uh, like, I, during the middle. Yeah. of a uh an exam i'm not sure which friend in fact i i, I dk uh, it's, it's her bff jill probably uh smack ow <laughs> no i actually do remember it was lucinda oh good it was not it was her bff lucinda and i i do indeed k <laughs> i do k sir i do <laughs> so basically she's grumpy because her football player boyfriend has yet to respond in any capacity to her instagram post of herself waking up from sleeping yeah and uh and she's just sort of politely, or not politely, impolitely talking to her random friend who I assume is in a different classroom or just yeah, not was, in school. You know, when this was happening, I was really hoping for the payoff of we see her friend is like two rows over. That would have been great, but we don't get that. We have no idea where Lucinda is. No. So it turns out her teacher's standing behind her and she's like, why are you on the phone? Well, I finished my quiz already. Oh, well, there's other students around. Yeah, but I need to talk to my friend. I'm going through some stuff. Yeah, and she tries. Actually, I guess this is her, her bit of psychological depth is she tries to use pop psychology to get out of being in, in trouble. Like, look, she is supporting me as another woman to a woman. Why don't you try doing that? Yeah, and her teacher's like, uh, no, how about you have detention? And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. Then we cut to gym class. Ah, gym class, where we get our last... <laughs> yes, gym class. Gym class, <laughs> where we get so many terrible drinks. <laughs> Fuck gin. It's terrible. Get that juniper shit out of here. Well, how's uh, how's the card game? Uh, it's all right. Okay. Only if there's rum, though. If it's <laughs> gin rummy, then we're okay. <laughs> what about gin whist? Jim whist? Yeah, okay. I almost, I ran out of breath while saying whist, and so it just sort of whist. whist into the ether. It's the right time to run out of breath is when you're saying whist. Yeah. No it's, one's going to be like, oh, that's weird. He ran out of breath saying whist. <laughs> so anyway we cut to gym class uh the students are being made to run around in a circle bethany is late because probably because she was on the phone again what an insensitive teenager oh goodness what a millennial yeah so they're all running around in circles and then suddenly the, the gym coach is like all right girls and boys you need to partner up and practice throwing footballs and i'm like what class is this <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you. In high school, I never took PE. Oh, really? No, I, I had to take PE three we, out of my four years in high school, and I'll, I'll we had to have PE credits. Yeah, but I was on the bowling team. team. So there you go. So this is my shit story from high school. I was a varsity water polo player all the way through. Yeah, uh, which is surprising that you would then have to take PE. Uh, here, well, let me let me finish. Let me fi- can I finish? I was also the only water polo player in school that was taking French instead of Spanish. French was a rarer class, only available during one period each se- each uh, you know class or day. That meant that I had to take it first period. The only time that I could take first period PE and sixth period uh, journalism or whatever the fuck it was meant that I was forced into taking fifth period PE just so I would have something to do. Ah! So I had to do PE and water polo every year, every day. Wow. Uh, and, and so <laughs> I had this bullshit PE thing where back then I was in ludicrous water polo shape. And so I would pa- I would do things like pass the physical fitness tests and stuff for fun. Ah. I actually, given how huge and fat I am these days, here's, here's a fun anecdote. There is still a trophy for me on the wall at my old high school because I did the most sit-ups. <laughs> because I was just like the one kid in PE who gave a shit because I was also in a sport. There you go. I was, I was forced into it. So I took it all the fucking time. Uh, but here's let me tell you the truth about it. They never mix and match that much. They never like run in circles, learn to play football for three minutes. All right, up the rope. That's that's not a thing. All right. I, I would have no idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, they she's they are told to partner up and throw footballs at each other. And that is when we meet our last main character, Martha. And she is all alone and doesn't care about sports. She is definitely the kind of person to call it sports ball. Okay, so the teacher singles her out immediately. Like, Martha, you can't just stand over there. You need to partner up and play sports. And she's like, will sports get me into Princeton? How should I learn to play sports? I don't have time for that. And unfortunately, the gym teacher doesn't respond with, yes, sports will get you into Princeton. Sports is probably the only way someone here is going to get yeah. into Princeton. Hey, did you know that your GPA is is highly uh, an important part of whether or not Princeton wants to take you in, and I'm about to give you an F? <laughs> Run in a fucking circle and throw a ball. Also, did you know that Princeton doesn't give a fuck what your GPA is unless you are rich or able to play a sport? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So yes, learn this shit. It's just so funny because no one calls her on this when she's like, why would I need to learn to play sports? It's stupid. Instead, later in the film, she is praised for this brilliant opinion yes uh but she goes too far and she's like i don't want to waste my life and be something like a pe teacher and so that's how she gets detention and of of course uh spencer and fridge are going to get detention after this because it is found out that uh the paper that spencer used for fridge the ending line of it spencer is apparently used in like five different papers which is weird because it sounds like the setup that spencer is some kind of paper writing mastermind who's been doing this for years and it's just that he wrote the same paper twice on accident well yeah what it sets up is that spencer is shitty at writing papers and he just keeps using the same metaphor he over does and over. yeah he keeps writing that something is a wildfire of expansionism yeah something has set the wildfire of fill in the blank which is that was one of the, the worst stepped on lines in the movie for me it just made me mad when he was like when they were like hey i noticed that you use the wildfire metaphor like for your french paper your history paper your world history paper and your civilization paper and his response was just like uh, i'm uncomfortable in the room right now instead of yeah it's a good metaphor yeah that would have been just like oh man it's hot in here yeah well how about it's a pretty good metaphor how about that that's a good line that's a good line spencer <laughs> come on in- spencer. Instead, instead of your the line you did instead which is just you vomiting weak soup all over yourself <laughs> you shit you imbecile you fuck uh, I, I hate the main character. That's fine. You can hate Spencer all you want. Yeah. Except when he turns into The Rock, and then you're not allowed to hate him because oh, he's the rock. the rock. It's true. I wish I could hate The Rock, but I can't. <laughs> I wish I, I could hate you, Rock. I can't. I wish I could quit you. <laughs> 
So all four of them get de- detention, which at this school is a weird thing because they start by lining you up in a random vestibule room in the middle of the high school. And then the principal comes out and he gives you a little speech about how you only have one life to live and you don't have three lives like you would in a video game. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look, guys, you've got one life to live and you got to decide who are you going to be. Anyway, this has nothing to do with any of the reasons you are in detention. Yeah. Well, now, let's go. Now, follow me, he says, as he picks, as he gets up and they follow him across the school to a different room for detention, which is like, why are we, what's this pre-detention shit? Well, I assume normal detention is you go to that room and you just wait there, whereas this detention is he's specifically making them do a task. Ah, okay. So he pulls them into some room and he's like, this room's going to be a computer lab, but right now it's full of crap and I need you guys to clean it. We're so- going to recycle all these magazines but first we need to get rid of the staples in all of them that's bullshit every recycling firm takes the staples yeah it doesn't matter i'm just saying is all yeah all i'm saying is this was a bullshit task that he came up with to keep them busy yeah so basically uh, two of them because spencer's a nerd and martha is a student i guess immediately start pulling staples out of magazines yeah. the, the other two bethany is too pretty to do that and is just on her phone and yeah. fridge is just, just wandered off just dicking around he just wandered off which is weird because the principal was like if you guys don't finish this today you come in tomorrow for Saturday detention to finish it. Yeah. And both of them are like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, the the weird thing is the two who absolutely hate the idea of coming in on Saturday are Bethany and Fridge because they have a life, and yet they are the ones who are like, meh, I'm yeah. just going to fuck around. I don't know. That's that's teenagers, though. Uh, I have no understanding of future con- consequences. Uh, all I think about is myself right now. This exact moment. I'm living in the moment. Uh. Uh, guys, I'm <laughs> such a millennial. <laughs> I'd grow a huge beard if I could. Uh, uh. Perfect rectangle beard. <laughs> guys, I'm really into hashtags and, and green energy. And- guys, all the bands I like are called Something the Something. I mean, really, look, it's like Cage the Elephant and Portugal the Man. Oh, that's just you. No actual adult cares about that. I don't care about that. That's my impression of millennials. Oh, I know, but millennials don't care about that. Yeah, they do. They're into them claps and haze. The claps and haze, though. Claps and haze, definitely what they are into these days. Yeah. Claps and haze, by the way, is the band that John and I made up for, uh, it's spelled K-L-A-P-P-S and haze, like H-A-Y-E-S. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's one of those bands where- It's like Simon and Garfunkel, but it's claps and haze. Yeah, it's claps and haze. And it's one of those bands where a whole bunch of people- People in like peasant shirts with and like large trousers with the, with the cuffs rolled up stand around with like jars of fireflies and and all of them are going oh, oh, oh and then there's a clap and then someone goes hey in the background yeah it's that that's the whole lots, thing lots of banjos there's lots, lots of, of claps banjos. lots of haze yeah it, it used to be claps haze and banjo but we lost him oh <laughs> uh, banjo tragically died yeah tra- sadly so the band has decided to carry on <laughs> ban- banjo tragically left the band to pursue another uh, band kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> Banjo tragically left the band because he was an ape, and we returned him to the forest. <laughs> so, uh, so in this detention, which, by the way, I love that this is a thing in movies that kids get detention or whatever, and there's never a teacher there. Oh, yeah. It's completely unsupervised detention. Here, you guys go stand in this weird room full of old treasures and promise that you'll just spend the time doing busy work instead of exploring or, I don't know, like, making out or, or here's a crazy one, leaving. Yeah. I mean, you look at all of the classic detention ones, and you're just like, no, man, that's not how this works. 
No, it's one of the things. It's one of the many weird movie things, like how people don't buy Christmas trees until the day before Christmas. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, how people don't say goodbye when they hang out phones. It's just one of those things. Detention is unsupervised. Yeah. And you can you can pretty much leave whenever you want, and it's mostly a place for you to interact with other, other delinquents. Oh, yeah. Detention in the movie universe is, all right, you guys, you fucked up. Now the four of you need to get in this room and learn a lesson about yourselves. Yeah. I'll be back later. Or you need to leave and become a superhero team, like in the Power Rangers film. <laughs> it's just, you guys all got detention. This is a great way. For, it's basically the, you meet in a tavern of movies. It is the meet cute of teenagers. Yeah. You, guys go sit in detention. What do you know? There's one cool kid in here. <laughs> There's always one cool kid. <laughs> this right. time we get two cool kids. Like, it's sort of. I, I I don't know that we get any. Uh, so, well, as far as the movie is concerned, we have two cool kids. Fair enough. So Fridge is off wandering around in the back, and he finds a bowling ball, which he is surprised about, and then he finds the Jumanji still plugged in to that weird video game system. Yeah. he Now, he has no idea what this is, which means he has no idea what the system is either. Yeah. And I'm like, that's probably fair. I assume that whatever this kid has was actually a proprietary system that did not exist anywhere else. No, I think he had to build that thing himself. Oh, yeah. That is definitely something where it's like, oh, yeah, I got this from my uncle. He works for Nintendo. This is a prototype. I think his dad just made it for him in like wood shop or something one year when they were like light on cash. And they're like, here, it's an Atari. I'll get you some games for it. And they just never did. Yeah. The, the graphics we see on the TV are his imagination. <laughs> well, we never know that. We don't know that he ever plays that system. He could be playing a regular PlayStation when he's playing Road Rash or whatever. Uh, yeah, he finally gets that cartridge. He's like, holy shit, something that goes to that system I have. Oh, wow, my dad isn't just a drunk. <laughs> he's, he's a drunk and got me a system. <laughs> so... Oh yeah, maybe it was maybe it's just a ripoff system, you know, like it's a Sony PlayStation or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is definitely the Christian branded version of that, the PlayStation. <laughs> the Sony PlayStation. Finally, you can play such games as Doom, but you're Noah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Doom of infidels. <laughs> So, the, anyway, Spencer immediately identifies it as some kind of Vigimo games. Hey, guys, this is a Vigimo game we could play. Ugh, video games are how I concern myself in my time, he says, <laughs> as, as he plugs it in, and the number of controllers on it magically doubles while he's setting it up. Because as he pull, as Fridge pulls it out of the box, he very pu- clearly pulls out two controllers and, oddly enough, uh, v- VGA cables? Yeah. Like, like the, out, the, the uh, you know, the ones, the one that's three cables. In yeah. 19, that's fine in 1996. That's okay. The red, white, and yellow. Yeah, red, white, and yellow cables. But that's all. There's no power cord uh, until such time as it's plugged in, and then there is. And there's only two controllers. But once they're plugged in, it's got four nice controllers all laid out in front of it. I mean, who knows? There could have been two other controllers hiding like, somewhere. Yeah, but I like to imagine it was just Jumanji was like, oh, there's four people here. Here, yeah. have two more controllers. Have two more controllers. Uh, and then you can play this five-player game, I guess, as we figure out in a few minutes. Yeah, they open it up, and when they start playing, it's it has that whole like choose-your-avatar thing, and uh, Fridge tries to select the pilot seaplane alex or something uh and it is uh already taken so yeah, he's like oh i can't be this thing it doesn't say it just says oh it doesn't work that that one doesn't work i'll try i another cannot one. select this there, one until we meet seaplane alex i was like convinced it wouldn't let him play alex that. is the actual kid i know name. it's the actual kid's name but i think seaplane had a, a full name as well uh seaplane and then like mccormick or cunningham or oh something yeah mcdonough like that. it was like McDonough. Sean, yeah sean seaplane mcdonough there or something like that uh I was convinced for a while because I had forgotten about the intro that it was just like, no, you cannot select this. Please choose again until you get Kevin Hart so you are a black character. (laughs) 
Uh, so, so it's it's the joke of all of them picking things that they think will be them, but oh, the game has misled them because you know Fridge picks a character that's nicknamed Moose, and it turns out it's actually Mouse. Yeah, they're just playing on a crappy old TV. Although it clearly says Mouse, I think that's just his terrible reading ability. Yeah, uh, and then you know Spencer picks an archaeologist or and like it's doctor. A, well, it's a doctor. He picks a doctor, but it turns out that it's Doctor the Rock with no doctor abilities. Oh, Doctor the Rock. Yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, Bethany picks the curvy genius who is also a paleontologist yeah. and cartographer. Cartographer and curvy genius, and that's Jack Black. Yeah. Oh, and his name is Shelly. Yes. Yeah. Shelly Oberon. Yeah, Dr. Shelly Oberon. The Shelly is short for Sheldon. Ooh. And, uh, and then Martha just gets what's left over, which is Ruby Roundhouse. Ruby Roundhouse. And her only thing on the screen is Killer of Men. Yeah. Which, why wouldn't you just pick that to begin with? Yeah, it seems like your, your solid starting choice right yeah i mean you look around at the the four options you got and i'd be like oh well obviously that yeah so they land in jumanji and when you know it it's a big old jungle and they start up a 20 minute sequence where they establish that they are who they are yeah it goes on for way too long they spend a lot of time being like but who are you who are you who's she oh no guys what what happened to my phone yeah uh, you know, the one part is The Rock realizing who he is because The Rock's an excellent physical comedy actor. And so he's looking at his own muscles and realizing he doesn't have hair and stuff. And he's like, oh, wow, uh, I'm all huge and muscly. <laughs> is this what it's like to have leather for skin? As a small child, I'll never know. Uh, Man, fucking The Rock is great. Yeah. In everything. Yeah, no, he is. He's awesome. So and then uh, we establish who everybody ends up in. So uh, so Fridge, who's like a six foot five super football player, lands in the body of four foot ten. And Kevin Hart. Yes, and he is a guy with a backpack. Kevin Hart would be the reincarnation of Chris Rock if he wasn't older than Chris Rock and if Chris Rock had died already. <laughs> in terms of the way he does acts in these movies. Because he just starts Chris Rocking all over the place. He Chris Rocks up your fridge real good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is just yelling about everything and yeah. is very exaggerated, but that's fine. That's a Kevin Hart thing. That's just Kevin Hart. Uh, and then we see uh, Ruby Roundhouse shows up, and it's you remember this because it was the controversy for this movie, is that they cast Karen Gillan and they put her in like a child's outfit. Yeah. Uh, because she's like mostly midriff. She's wearing basically a jungle bikini made out of like mesh. Yeah. So she's, but it's not a bikini. A jungle bikini immediately makes me think of like a woman wearing pelts, but she's wearing short shorts and a little halter top thing. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and that's Martha. And she pops up and now she's Ruby Roundhouse. Oh no. Why would I ever wear something like this in a jungle? This makes no sense. Yes. This is stupid. She says, because yes, it was. And that caused a lot of controversy before this movie came out. Really? I heard nothing about that. Oh, yeah, it did. There were people were saying that the movie was ludicrously sexy, sexist because it was like, look what they have Karen Gillan dressing in. This is fucking stupid. Well, it's a whole dig at fucking Tomb Raider. That's yeah. the point of but, it. Well, here's the problem: the, telling people that doesn't go so far when it's a spoiler alert. So instead, they just had all these like you know opening shots of her in the film uh, wearing this this outfit, and that was it. Uh, and that was all there was to go on. And they were like, let her have clothes. And even she was like, no, guys, it's fine. There's there's a reason for it in the in the movie. It's it's okay. But it was too late. It was already a thing. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I've never heard of that yeah so then you know jack black pops in and he's and, and jack black is doing his best teenage girl impression and he's just darling he kills it he actually kind of kills it he's, he's a fine character in the film yeah this is this is what you want jack black to do is be a 
side character with something stupid to do. The best thing about this, uh, yeah, for example, like in Tropic Thunder, yeah, you don't want him to be the main character. You want him to be a guy back there who has a gimmick and he's going to lean into it, but he's not on screen so much that you get tired of it. The weird thing about this is that when Bethany finds her way into Jack Black's body, somehow she finds her supportive side as well because she turns into the team bard like immediately. (laughs) She's always like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. All of you can do whatever you want if you try hard. You're like, what the, where did that come from? Well, you know, when she, maybe <laughs> it was one in of the, the only good lines from her, uh, when I lost my phone, it's like my other senses were heightened. Yeah, that was I pretty, was like, ah, that's a good one. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's a nice line. So she goes running off to look in, in a river because it turns out that she's an overweight middle-aged man. Yeah. Which freaks her out to no end. And then she is immediately eaten by a hippo. Yes. And right, as soon, right about the same time as they all discover the fact that they have tattoos of threes on the inside of their arm. Yeah. Uh, and that is because when they die, they lose a life and each have three lives. Yay. Which weirdly means that they're never in all that much danger because they all have one stripe left at the end. Which... Well, no, it's it's you have three lives and the three is your first life. Ah, okay. So when so you, you, get... don't, you don't get to have that one round of zero lives no, left. No, you don't have a time zero and you walk around. You have three total. Okay, fine. Uh, so anyway, all of them have three. It's fun. My favorite part of that is when, the, you know, the rock is like, guys, I also have a tattoo. And then he points to the one in his arm, which slightly further up his arm is one of the rocks, actual huge tattoos. Oh yeah. I and- mean, he has his shirt open and you can just see his giant tattoo that covers like his entire peck and shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> There's no point where he's like, guys, I also have a tattoo. Wait, I have a whole fucking bunch of them. Holy shit. Whoa. I think this doctor, uh, what's his name? Like over Bravestone. Yeah. Dr. O- Super or Bravestone or whatever. I think this guy might be like Pacific Islander or something. There's a... Guys, this dude is just ripped and amazing. I love it. Oh, man, this guy's... Wait a minute. Am I the rock? Hold on. Guys, am I the rock? (laughs) That would have been really good, though. He was like, guys, guys, am I the rock? Guys, you guys. (laughs) You'd tell me if I was the rock, wouldn't you? (laughs) You'd let me know if I was the rock. I mean, that's an agreement that you and I have had for years now. Yeah, if I ever wake up and I'm like, whoa, something's happened to my body, am I the rock? Yeah, then I have to be like, no, John, you just got fatter again. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You just had a really bad stomach cramps. You are not The Rock. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it's like to be The Rock all the time. It's just stomach cramps. It's just stomach cramps and tattoos. So they spend about as long talking about who's who as we just did. And then, uh, yeah, uh, Bethany slash Dr. Shelley is eaten by a hippo. And then in a weird thing for a video game, she comes falling, flying out of the sky and crashes into the ground again. Yeah, because, I mean, that's how they originally entered the video game was sort of falling from the sky and hitting the ground. But that's how you come back every time you lose a life. Which is weird because it's dangerous. Like, uh, there's scenes where, where people are falling out of the sky and someone needs to catch them or they will die. Because And it's... Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. The Kevin Hart one, when he gets cramp- trampled by rhinos, he pops into the sky. Well, over the only a, reason over a helicopter. he would die is because he would come back down, and the rhinos would still be down there. Yeah. Or he'd go right through the helicopter blades that he was that he was hovering above. So they had to turn the helicopter. Remember that he had to turn the helicopter yeah. sideways and all that shit. Why was why did he just pop up somewhere safe? There's they don't pop up in the exact spot where they where they were. No. Is the thing they pop up nearby in a convenient for the film location. Yes. There is no specific place where it's like, oh, where you died is where you pop up. Or if it was like, oh, where the group is, you just respawn with the group. No, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So, we, But they establish that they all have lives. And then they go wandering through the jungle until such time as they are met by Reese Darby. And, I am, and God bless him. God, oh, thank God for Reese Darby. 
<laughs> thank you for showing up and giving some of that Reese Darby charm to this movie. Am I right? That's that's Murray, right? I'm not. Yes. I'm not. So so yeah. So Murray from Flight of the Concord shows up in a jeep. Yeah, the and- main werewolf from What We Do in the Shadows shows up. <laughs> Shut up, you dickhead. <laughs> hey, we werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> God damn it. I love Reese Darby to no end. Yeah, he is. He's even really good on fucking the new Voltron show. I know. I love him. Yeah. So so he shows up as a dude with a Jeep and he picks them all up. And then it turns out he's a video game character. NPC, which uh, they have to explain because I (sighs) we get one of those English, please. I I hate that scene. I don't know why. It's basically the same reason why I hate the intro to RPGs that tell you what an RPG is. Because I'm like, who in this movie theater is like, I don't understand what a video game is. No yeah. one. No when one you- watching this movie is like, what? So it turns out that Reese Darby's character, Nigel, uh, says the same things over and over again because he's a Final Fantasy type uh, NPC. He stands around and if you press A near him, he'll be like, welcome to Corneria. I, I like, like swords. swords. Uh, and then he'll be like, hey, are you still making 8-bit theater references? You know that dude like went straight up crazy. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. I think he parlayed it into a real job, didn't he? He's like, Who knows? No, I think he did. I think 8-Bit Theater went No on one to... could possibly know that. Oh, I just remembered. He writes, uh, he writes Atomic Robo now. That's information that no one will ever have. <laughs> Further information is not available here. Uh, You'll have to check with your yet. And uh, so he... He talks to all of them, and then he's like, oh, there's this letter that I sent you, and then a, a letter appears in the rock's hand, and they do a flashback, and I love that all of them are like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, oh, this is a flashback cutscene. They do this so we can get some more information. Sadly, this is the only time this happens, which because they can talk over it, which is crazy, And but it's it's just the only time it happens. It would have been neat to see this happen more than once in the film, especially because there are a number of scenes that should be flashbacks or flashaways yeah, that they should be talking over. There are times where we go to the villain and things happen and i would love to them go like oh hey look it's the villain guy like have them be aware of what's going on give us more video game things Mm -hmm. because the idea of they can see the cutscene while it's happening because it's part of the video game is a fun interesting idea yeah that is never paid off in the rest of the movie no it just happens for this one scene so that they don't have to have the heroes meet the villain later uh but i really wanted that to be extended upon like the next time they go to one of those flash scenes you just have kevin hart like walk into a tree and he's like, oh, I can't see anything. I can just see the cutscene. What, what, this is really inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we get the full background where in this Jumanji, Van Pelt is, instead of being like an old-timey safari guy, he's a new-timey safari guy. <laughs> he's he's a dude in a black leather trench coat. And he's played by Bobby Cannavale, so get ready for that that particular brand of creepy-tude. Uh, and uh, basically, it turns out that if he can get a jewel from the eye of a panther that's a giant statue of a panther, then he will get power over things or something. Yeah. It's it's weird because he removes this jewel of Jumanji from this statue, and that curses the land to be all aggressive because it was nice until then. But it also gives him dominion over all the animals of the land, but not while he's holding the jewel. The jewel has nothing to do with it. No, so apparently the curse is you become a rad god if you take this jewel out, and the jewel has nothing to do with your power. Well, you become a medium rad god. It depends on how much you like having bugs crawling in and out of your ears and stuff. I mean... I have that anyway, so yeah, I, I would have no problem with the cool bugs and stuff if if not for the woman sitting behind me who had to say gross out loud in a flat monotone every yes. time any bug was on screen for any length of time, she would just start repeating it. So there's a scene of a spider crawling around the ground and she just goes gross, 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 
and then it switches out for a centipede. Gross, 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 gross. And later there's a, a, a scorpion for like a split second. Gross. And I was like, I, I get it, lady. You think bugs are gross. <laughs> Man, I, I'm real sad that you were apparently just surrounded by nonsense because I had none of this. I don't care. I had some nachos. I was a happy camper. It was fine. Yeah. There were nachos. This was fucking Jumanji. People can talk over Jumanji. It won't kill me. It's like when we saw a fucking, uh, oh, it was uh, Thor 3. There was a woman in the front row who was recording it and she just held it up to be recorded she like her like had her hand up so she could get the screen right wow and, and then people behind her were like you're holding up a huge light to all of us and, and you could hear her go shut up i don't care i'm recording this wow wow yeah that was that was amazing she sat in like the front row held up a huge light to the whole room and you could see on her little screen a bright light that indicated it was recording and then a little version of the movie jesus christ and the people behind her were like could you please you're holding your hand up in front of me you're holding a bright light up in front of me and you're recording the film and she's like yeah so i was Ugh. like you don't understand you, you don't see the problem with this do you you're the worst you need to get sucked into jumanji so you can learn a lesson <laughs> so so having a couple of little kids near me I, I mean let's let's face it i'm an impending dad i'm about to be the worst thing in every given movie theater yeah so get Jeff. ready yeah get ready for that shit normally i'm dead silent in a movie theater but pretty soon i'm gonna be like hey kid look at that on the screen there look at these <laughs> fucking things hey this cost me 14 dollars to get you in here you enjoy it hey 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 you, hey, you wait, enjoy this don't you try and look at a pokemon hey you you put that phone down don't you be looking at any of these electronics we're watching a movie and then your kid's gonna be like oh dad why am i an old cab driver hey i drove you here and you owe me 1475 now let's watch a movie <laughs> and later on i'll impart some wisdom to you hey let me tell you something growing up on these streets of new york <laughs> hey you freakazoid yet i'll check back when you freakazoid okay here we go <laughs> So anyway, we're way over. So let's push forward, shall yeah. we? So the the main thing they find out is they've got to get this jewel back and say Jumanji to win the game. So that's what they're going to try and do. And it turns out that everywhere they go is a level of the video game. Yay. For example, their first level was a hippo will eat you once. Yeah, it was run from hippos, the level. And then the second level was motorcycle guys. Dudes on motorcycles chase after you. Then the third level was... Uh... Oh, this is also where they find out their powers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have a, we have a scene where they realize that if they touch their chest, that their, their screen will pop up and tell them what their strengths and weaknesses are. And that's all it does. Yeah. And they have weaknesses and strengths that make no sense in a video game. Yeah, that, <laughs> I gotta say, as a video game player, that was one of those things where looking at characters where it's like, oh, this is... Fucking Kevin Hart's character where his strength is just zoology. He had zoology and, and weapon valet. And weapon valet and then his weakness being strength speed and cake. And I was like dude, who designed this? This is a shittily balanced game. What is this? The Dan Hibiki of this game? <laughs> yeah. Even Dan was good in Marvel Cap 2. Oh, it was it was definitely a thing looking at it. I was like, oh, come on now. Yeah, but the, the worst one is when they eventually meet the kid from the original from the pr uh, prologue and uh, and his weakness is mosquitoes. And I was like, all right, unless there's three foot long mosquitoes in this game, we uh, we better see because if he just gets stung by an ordinary mosquito, that's not a thing that happens in video games. Yeah, well, also, Karen Gillan's weakness was venom. Yep. And, and it's like, yeah, everyone's weakness is venom. That's not that interesting. <laughs> my bullets, my one weakness. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She gets. 
she, later on in the movie, she's going to get bit by a snake, and she'll go, my weakness is venom, before she disappears and respawns in a convenient location. Well, I think the fact that it's her weakness means it kills her instantly, rather than being like, oh, I am poisoned. Just I, like cake makes Kevin Hart explode. Everyone's weakness is venom. <laughs> I'm just saying, everyone's weakness is venom. Also, let me just say how disappointed Except I am Bane. that there weren't the three-foot-long mosquitoes, because those exist in the original Jumanji. Yeah, Big Bugs would have made sense for that character, the, the, the fifth member of the team who shows up late. Yeah, because that is one of my main complaints about this, is throughout the, the whole thing, we never see the original Jumanji stuff. No, we don't. We don't get a single reference to the original film. We get references to the book, of course. Well, the original film was the book as well, so the fact that they say, like, this is Alan Parrish's house, it's not like it's not referencing the first movie. I mean, it is like it's not referencing the first movie. It's not, like, when I was watching the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka movie, I wasn't like, oh, look, he's playing the same character as in the 1965 Willy Wonka movie. I was like, that's the dude from the Roald Dahl book. No, but if it was a sequel to Willy Wonka and then he had mentioned, like, Charlie in it, you'd go, oh, he's referencing the other movie because it is a movie and it is not referencing the book. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. Now, if it was a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it would be Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. And that would be rad. And that would be rad, and it's a shame that no one's ever made that. But please, no one make it till Tim Burton is dead and in the ground. (laughs) Please, nobody make that until everyone realizes they should stop hiring Johnny Depp for things. Yeah, no more. Until the world runs out of pancake makeup, no one make Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator. Thank you. And that is all. Yeah, this has just been a public service announcement. So uh, they have to go find the bazaar, which is where they will find the missing piece. All right. So and it g- turns out the missing piece is Alex, the missing kid, and he's the last member of their five-person team. And weirdly, he looks like himself. He looks kind like of? yeah, it's the same kid. They use the same kid. He gets pulled into the video game, is given a haircut, and <laughs> and, the, and he plays himself, which is weird. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's just a strange coincidence, I guess, that I, he picks the character that looks like him. It's an insane coincidence that he picked the character that was him with a haircut. <laughs> uh, this haircut doesn't express my rock and roll values. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he, he fits the role of basically what Alan was in the original Jumanji of, I'm the one who's been here long enough that I know what is going on in the world. But he only thinks he's been there for a couple of months. Yeah, but he has been there for 20 years. Yes, 20 years stuck in the machine with his skills of piloting, margarita making, and his weakness of mosquitoes. Yeah, which is why his weird little house is just covered in citronella candles. Instead of, like, nets or something. Yeah, he was like, nah. (laughs) It's way easier to find citronella candles here in Jumanji than netting. So, I mean, but again, what is is mosquitoes doing as a weakness in one of these games? What does cake do? I mean, cake is just a joke. Yes, it's a joke. I'm perfectly fine with cake. Right down to the point where Kevin Hart eats cake, which, by the way, is provided to him from the creepy guy from the, uh, the Too Many Cooks video. Yeah, the guy from Too Many Cooks, the killer guy, is in this as a dude selling cake, and man, that's great. Yeah, that was that was something. You see him, and you're like, oh god, that's, I'm terrified now. Oh shit, it's that guy. It's that guy, oh no. I'm just gonna wait for him to show up in random other scenes in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, if you don't know what we're talking about, go look up Too Many Cooks and get ready to never have another song in your head. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, they, they get together and man, they have to convince him to keep going. Cause he's on his last life. And he's like, look, ever since I lost my other two lives, I've just been hanging out, not doing anything and chilling in my little fucking clubhouse. Let's get through some more of the basic things that happened in this film, because we were literally already at an hour and we are like a third of the way into the film. Meh. Uh, let's see. Martha and Spencer start falling in love. Yay. Me, uh, also, uh, Bethany starts, te- te- or starts being nice to people there's a point where martha calls her out on being su- uh, superficial and she's like well i feel like you automatically reject people so you don't have to worry about whether or not they'll reject you hmm think about that and you're like what the fuck where did that come from jack black <laughs> but uh, you know eventually everyone starts becoming friends uh fridge is mad at spencer because spencer got got him caught for cheating because he isn't a very good writer spencer is mad at fridge because fridge has been using him instead of being his friend yep it was there's no real payoff though to that like there's no point where fridge goes Oh, the only reason I stopped being, like, friends with you is because you seem to be, like, way into studies and I wasn't able to keep up with you. There's no, like, feelings excuse for it. It was just like, oh, no, I just don't give a fuck anymore. No, I got cool and you forgot to. Yeah. It's basically what the way it works. It's like, yeah, we were friends when we were seven. You're still seven. Yeah, there, but there's there's no scene where they explain it. Yeah. They just become friends again without there being a, I'm sorry, we weren't friends because of X, Y, Z, and that's not important. Yeah. It's odd. Meanwhile, uh, we, we learn what uh, Ruby Roundhouse's fighting skills are. She has the skills of Taekwondo, Tai Chi, martial arts, and dance fighting. Yeah. Which she uses twice in the film because uh, stereos keep turning on to play Baby I Love Your Way. Okay, so the we first time it shows up, yeah, they're trying to get her to go distract some guards, and we get the whole scene of Jack Black attempting to teach her how to flirt. In, in what is almost definitely the funniest scene in the film is Karen Gillan awkwardly stomping around in, in a semblance of being flirty. Yeah, like that's a great scene of Jack Black being a flirty girl and Karen Gillan being incapable of doing anything. Yes, all the way down to the point where she goes stomping up to the two guards she needs to distract, which, by the way, the moment one of the guards talks for the second time you're like oh this distracting them is easy you just keep pressing a yeah you just you- walk up to them and say something and they will continue to say the same line to you yeah you just walk up and go hi there and they'll go hello lady what are you doing around these parts and just turn and walk off and then come back up and they'll do it again because yeah. they're shitty NPCs. So, But instead, she does a terrible flirt thing on them and then randomly, a stereo starts playing Baby I Love Your Way. Yeah, because Kevin Hart knocks over some stuff in the uh, the room where all of the vehicles are, which is what they're trying to get into, mm-hmm. and the guards were going to go stop them, but then Baby I Love Your Way starts playing and she starts fighting them. Well, here's the thing. She's good at dance fighting. That's the skill she has. Yes. But she is either dancing or fighting. There is never a point where she's dance fighting. No, there is a very small window in between when she was dancing with the guards and then began fighting them with them that she did a couple moves that were like, I'm dancing and then I like punch you in the face. Yeah. And then after that, it was just straight, I am kicking you and punching you. I am kicking you. Also, baby, I love your way is playing in the background. I mean, I... I loved the usage of the song. I thought it was a, a funny thing to do. It's a payoff. It's it's a, it's something that this movie doesn't have enough of is payoff on the setups. Yeah, it was you saw dance fighting at the beginning and then she does this. The problem I have with it is at the end of the movie, the they're like, "Oh, you need to fight these fucking motorcycle guys who are back again." And it's the same song that plays when she dance fights. Mhm. 
And I would have liked to either have gotten a different song or just have it be like the motorcycle guy show up, she is standing there, the song starts playing, and then it cuts away because you know that she's going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. But instead, she starts punching and kicking them again. And I'm like, you didn't you didn't need the payoff there. And like, she didn't do any dancing at all. She just started martial artsing them. Yeah. So all, the song was pointless. All you needed to do was play the song and then go elsewhere. We understand what that means now, but you lingered too long and ruined the joke. Also, how great would it be to have one of the other characters running around in the jungle? Because that's like a multi-pronged attack thing. They're all they're all doing something different. And hear the the Baby I Love Your Way song start way off in the distance of the jungle and go and have them go, yeah, she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, she's got this. Yeah. That would have been, been a way better usage of that joke. Yeah. I don't know what another good song would have been. It's just, the other problem I have is that this is one of the many scenes where they just clown on these motorcycle dudes. Like, they just punch them into, into space and never get hit by them and are completely invincible near them. But they spend the entire movie terrified of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, even well after times where they've gotten into fights with them and realize that they're harmless dorks. Karen Gillan loses her first life to them. She gets shot. That's true. She does. She, no, she doesn't. She Yes, she does. Oh, she gets she shot. shot. Okay. I thought, I thought she got damaged in jumping off a cliff. No. Okay. It was, they got me and she has a bullet wound. Okay. Um, but anyway, well, I don't know how that worked on her. She doesn't have a weakness to bullets. Well, she has yeah. a weakness to venom. Well, that's why she didn't explode immediately upon getting shot. She died in the exact same way. She just took a couple of seconds and then suddenly collapsed in on herself in a ball of blood, which is weird because each one of them dies in a different way. The two times she dies in this movie, it's she spirals into a sphere of blood, which pops. Well, we don't see the other people die because they are they're like some of them trampled eaten. or eaten or fall off screen. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Okay. So, uh, all right. All right. Where are we? What do we need to talk about still? Let me, let me just say there is the the rhino scene, which is... Oh, the helicopter. Of, yeah. yeah. The helicopter scene is actually one of the few scenes in this where I really liked it because, one, it was very much a thing that you would get in a video game mm. of like, I'm flying a helicopter through a canyon and being chased by rhinos. I was like, oh, the whole I have to move side to side. I can't just leave. Yeah, there's an excuse for it. The part of the helicopter that makes it go up and down is broken, so it's like permanently about four feet off the ground yeah i was like oh this is a this is a good video game level as well as one of the few times you're actually using the jungle instead of just some dudes as your villain yeah because it's some white rhinos which as kevin hart who has zoology skills in the game tells us is uh these these are albino white rhinos that are found here in jumanji they're extremely aggressive and they, they will eat people. They will eat people. And I was like, oh, I'm glad. Thanks for telling us that the rhinos from Jumanji are carnivorous, because otherwise this scene would be weird. Yeah. I mean, it's already weird. What are oh, they doing yeah. at the bottom of a huge canyon? Eh. Yeah, that's where they are. That's where that rhino is. That's where the rhinos is. Yeah. Hunters, uh, if you would like to tame a pet white rhino, <laughs> yeah. first you're going to need to be in Beast Mastery spec. And then... Because they're exotic. And then you're going to have to go down there. Most of them aren't tameable. But one of them will spawn every six hours that is tameable if you can find it by using your Detect Hidden to track it first. Good. Thank you. Great. Wow, wow references. Wow references. Why not? Uh, so, yeah, that was a good scene. Uh, the final bit of it where they have to confront Van Pelt is not that great because the the whole point of Van Pelt in the original Jumanji was it was the same actor as Robin Williams's dad mm -hmm. and so it represents this uh confronting what you're afraid of confronting your old life and you know st he stands up to it at the end yeah Van Pelt in this is no character that they have any association with no. and he's just a generic bad guy so the final confrontation with him is 
pointless. Like, it it doesn't resonate at all? No, because he's never really done anything to them. The, the closest he gets to any kind of danger is one time when he kills one of his own henchmen. Yeah, by, like, having a scorpion crawl out of his ear. There's even a point in this movie where, uh, let's see, it's Roundhouse and, and uh, Spencer confront him, but he's caught Bethany, and he's holding a gun to her head, to Jack Black's head. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, well, we can't give you the jewel because we got rid of it. We don't even have the jewel. And then Kevin Hart comes rushing out of the jungle on an elephant. Yep. And for some reason, the bad guy's like, huh, an elephant, as he lets go of Jack Black and steps away. He's like, what? This well, didn't change your bargaining chip. You well, had I mean, go- an elephant is charging at him. It's not even charging at him. It stops. It's it's just somewhere in the scene. If, the, if he had held firm, then Kevin Hart would have had no choice but to kill Jack Black. <laughs> well, yes, but when it's coming out, it looks like it is going to charge him. Yeah, he should have just killed Jack Black. <laughs> Instead, he's like, what? And he just steps away from it. Just, oh, well, time for me to get beat up, I guess. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, they managed to get the jewel into the head of the Jaguar after some shenanigans, uh, including a creative death uh, where uh, Karen Gillan uses her last life, her second to last life, I guess, yeah. to to kill herself such that she will spawn over the rock. Who yeah, because she'll fall from the sky and the rock is up at the top of the uh, the big like mountain sculpture thing of a Jaguar. Yeah, so, so that she can get the jewel up to him. Yeah, because uh, when you die in this game, you keep your gear. Uh, and he puts the jewel back in the head and then he just stands there dramatically for a couple of minutes. Until everyone else has to remind him that he has to say the name of the game. Yeah, so everyone yells out Jumanji, and they they hit Rise Darby to come back and be like, "Hi, I'm back in this film again for the very end. Aren't you glad I'm here?" Everyone gets a handshake from Reese Darby, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I want a handshake from Darby, right? That's what I, that's the only thing I want from this film." <laughs> Like, man, if there's anything I want from this film, it's a hug from The Rock and a handshake from Reese Darby. <laughs> In that order, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> so, and then they all get zapped back to right when they had been. Yes. So all the uh, the four of the students in detention show up back in detention. We get no payoff on what's going on with their detention or if they just leave. Or... They just leave. It's it's unsupervised, uh, you know, detention. Presumably they have to go back and do all that shit with the, the magazines tomorrow because they didn't get it done. Yeah, God knows they didn't do shit. Yeah. So I assume they have to go back on Saturday. But when they leave, they're they're all leaving together and talking, and they go by the freak house. But it turns out now it's beautiful and decorated for Christmas. Yeah, and wouldn't you know it, uh, because he got sent back to 1996, his dad didn't go all crazy. And now he's a dad himself, and he shows up outside the house for Christmas. Yeah, and it's, oh, Bethany's sad because she totally had a super crush on Nick Jonas, who is playing Seaplane. But it's okay. Oh, not now. Not anymore, and now he's being played by Colin Hanks. Well, yeah, adult Alex is that seaplane yeah. is Nick Jonas. Yeah, uh, so Nick Jonas is gone, but but replacing him is the ever wonderful Colin Hanks. Yep, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm so stoked to see you guys." Hey, are you into fucking older dudes? I'm kidding. I'm not into nah, that. I'm at just all. kidding. I'm just, just kidding. kidding. No cock of mine. <laughs> It, it is reasonable to say that they are not into any cock of mine. <laughs> oh, man. We have to talk to people about that game sometime. Uh, but anyway, uh, wow, that sounds terrible in context now. <laughs> That game about my cock of mine. All right, so we have a game that I have a game that's a Cards Against Humanity ripoff called Bards Dispense Profanity, where all the white cards from Cards Against Humanity are replaced with out of context Shakespeare quotes. Yes. And one of the combinations that we played in a recent game was my card that I played to John's black card prompt of uh, it is proven by science that that uh, by the age of four male children show a preference for and I put no cock of mine. Yeah. Let which, me just get that right out of the way. <laughs> the idea that it was some guy just walking into town 
for the first time and introducing himself with that. <laughs> now, just let me tell you, by four years old, ma- male children have already shown they do not prefer any cock of mine. Not at all. None. 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 No cock of mine. Why would we even be talking about it? That's what I want to know. That's, anyway. That's the real question here. <laughs> all right. So it, it turns out that Colin Hanks has named his his daughter Bethany. Oh, after the girl who saved his life. And then they all have a meet cute back at the high school and Spencer and uh, and Martha, who had fallen in love while in the Jumanji game, finally get a good kiss in. And then they all hear the drums. And then they destroy the game console with, with a, that ba- bowling ball that they found earlier. Oh, the bowling ball gets a payoff. Yay. Credits. That Chekhov's bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If you see a bowling ball in a movie, it has to be used to destroy, destroy a video game later. Yeah, it that has was, to. That's what Chekhov originally said. As Chekhov originally intended, had he the means. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the end of the movie. There's and that's, no, there's no post-credits. Is, nope. The post-credits is it plays the Jumanji drums again, so you're like, oh, Jumanji cannot be killed so easily. Ooh, are we going to have another Jumanjo? Only if this makes a whole shitload of money. Oh, I don't think it will. Nope. <laughs> Although it was surprisingly crowded theater for 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it wasn't terrible. It's not like this should get panned, but it also is not exactly worthy of being celebrated. Like, the original Jumanji, way better. Uh, fair enough, but that's just because Robin Williams way better. I don't know. Who do you prefer? Is Who would you rather see in a movie? Robin Williams or The Rock? Or is ah, this one of those don't-make-me-choose situations? I mean, goddamn. Uh, I mean, it depends on the role, obviously. Mm. I mean, if you're giving me... It's Mrs. Doubtfire. Would you rather see... Oh, it? I would way rather see The Rock as Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> 100% all day, every day. The voice of the genie. <laughs> now that'll take Robin Williams. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. All right, now Jumanji's the one where you don't have to choose. He's in both. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I guess we'll get to our best and worst. Jeff, why don't you give me your best thing about Jumanji? Welcome to the jungle. I like the immediate abandoning of the teen like millennial girl characters like uh i'm so pretty and i don't need to help you guys thing the moment that she got into jack black's body i like that they were just like no let's just make her supportive and intelligent and i was like oh good i'm glad because i hated that character right up until that moment yeah because she was just a collection of shit cliches oh it was just the what people think of millennials the character well all of them were like the the, the only thing that they messed up on was that they kept that jock nerd dichotomy that died sometime in the late 80s <laughs> like in real life that that's not a thing that much anymore but you know the the, the poor uh fridge character was like like all i care about is football and i'm failing out of football because i can't study yeah I was well like, oh come on that's your that is your generic jock character in anything is <sighs> i care too much about my sport and i'm sporting too hard to school yeah well it's not even that he's sporting too hard it's that he's just not schooling it's no just, man he has too much to worry about too, yeah okay he has too much to worry about that's a great uh, whatever whatever all the characters are crappy cliche collections because the, even the nerd girl martha is a t- but again i like that once they get into them in the bodies they just drop that shit eh. so there you go what's your favorite thing uh the best thing for me is oh it's just the rock isn't it i mean it's it's it's, no, it's, it's the rock it's reese darby and the rock i mean <laughs> together I <didn't>... at last <laughs> uh i mean for me the best thing in the movie is probably that scene where they do the cut scene and they're kind of talking over it yeah that was cool because it was one of the rare times where they got video game like... yeah they used a video game convention as something in the film yeah for like oh they get to play around with it like the rest of it was 
doing lip service to it, like the lives or the, oh, I can uppercut a guy and he'll go flying. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah, it's Why all not? just cartoon jokes instead. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for way more video game convention jokes. Like, you know, they run from some motorcycle guys. <laughs> or how about they beat up some mo- motorcycle guys, run run off from where they beat them up. They f- encounter alligators or something. They turn and run back, and the motorcycles, the guys are there again. They're like, oh, shit, we left the screen. <laughs> like, like, that kind of joke. It was the kind of thing I was hoping for. Or, you know, they go to a different level, and they're like, oh, shit, we left something wherever. And they try to go back, and they're like, oh, it just there's an invisible wall here. I yeah. can't go there. I can't push through this. What is this? Yeah. Yeah, any kind of convention like that would have been sort of... It, more jokes about that would have been great. Yeah. But the ones that are there are good. Yeah. So that was probably my favorite thing. Least favorite thing in the movie for you? Uh, well, I'm going to say the opposite of what of your thing, is that there's not enough video game convention stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, what I'd also probably choose is, like if I was picking something new to talk about, it's that the villain in this movie is depressingly weak. It's just... He's boring and generic. He has nothing to do. He is not tied into the characters at all. Yeah. Like, if, if they had had something that was like, oh, this is our, like, even just making it, like, the principal or making it a character that specifically was tied into whatever their weaknesses were yeah then you might actually care but otherwise he's just like i am the villain yeah and then he commands an army of greasy dirt bike beardos which were not a good addition to the jumanji universe and the problem was they set up it's like oh he has dominion over all these animals of jumanji i'm like then he should use them yeah we should see all kinds of cool like elephant attacks and you know like flying sharks and things but no instead it's oh no dirt bikes yeah it is it is a lot of dirt bike gangsters for some reason in this jumanji verse yeah which i don't want in jumanji the bad guy shouldn't be like greasy carny looking guys that's not what i want to f- find in my f- in my magic jungle yeah so that's uh, you know what that's my least favorite thing there you go just the villains in general and you uh sort of along those lines the problem i have with it being that while it's a video game that they get sucked into it is technically also the jumanji that alan Parrish got into yeah when it's he the same got thing sucked into the board game version of this yeah now we are led to believe from Alan that basically he has spent like his 20 years in the board game living in a jungle by himself scared and alone and that like at night he can just hear things eating and you, he prays they don't find him and kill him and there's all these crazy creatures and Van Pelt this hunter but in the movie there's like a bazaar full of just dudes hanging out and selling goods and an entire civilization that's like right next to where he was living I go man after 20 years you probably would have found that and been like oh you know what's way better than hanging out in a fucking like tree house in the middle of a jungle being where people are oh there's just a lot of mosquitoes in town so many mosquitoes and that was town. the problem is that dude straight up died of a mosquito stung him which is weird no, because- I'm talking about Alan Parrish oh yeah fair enough fair I'm enough. saying why didn't Alan just hang out in this bazaar if this is the same universe also none of the creatures none of the plants nothing from the original Jumanji showed up in this universe Jumanji and it pissed me off a lot fair that enough that was my least favorite thing. that's your least favorite thing is it didn't tie into the original enough okay so uh let's give it a rating we'll each give it a zero to five gives it the rating out of ten jeff this is a three it's it's a very average film i'd say a three and a half it's a very average film it's not really worth seeing in theaters because like i was saying not enough spectacle too many greasy carnies uh but you know it's got the rock it's got kevin hart it's got karen gillen i like it's got Bree darby i like all these people and they're all doing fun stuff yeah got jack black doing good jack black material doing the jack black that you want to see jack black doing. yeah it's fine it's it's so so uh I, i'm gonna say three and a half it's a pretty good score but you know it could have been a lot better if they had actually used the material they were given uh yeah i'm gonna give it a 
three myself. I felt disappointed because the cast was so good. Yeah. I I feel like I got let down by a lot of the writing and directing in this. They just didn't use the talent that they had well enough. No. I mean, you had things like, you see scenes where Jack Black is doing his damnedest to be good. The Rock is being The Rock. I and mean, you definitely see that charisma and talent there for all of these actors, but there just wasn't a lot for them to work with. I mean, that scene where Karen Gillan and The Rock have a kiss is, is awesome. It's great physical comedy acting. Yeah. Because they're both like playing 13-year-olds who have never kissed anyone before and, and they and like don't know how to yeah. kiss and so they like straight up miss and are like sticking their tongues out into the air and shit and it's great acting yeah uh but you know it's the sort of thing where it, it's not done well in service of it just isn't it, it doesn't line in well no it's they're even the stuff that's done well doesn't land as well as it should have just because of writing and directorial choices. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So a six and a half out of ten for us. Not bad, but, you know, just watch it when you can, when it's on video. Yeah, wait for Netflix. It's fine. Yep. So thank you so much for listening to our review of Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. We will be back in a couple weeks with another movie mastery. We'll have the poll up on the website for January. You can vote for what you want us to watch in theaters for january and as well we've got on reddit.com slash r slash system mastery we've got our big list of movies there and you can go ahead and suggest what you want us to see when we're not looking at stuff in theaters we have so many movies to pick from but of course we never know what we're gonna see until we sit down to watch it and we roll randomly for it yep and uh, if you like what you're hearing you want to support us you can of course go to patreon help us out support us at any level you get some bonus content for the system mastery one shiny dollar would be wonderful yeah and uh you'll you'll help us out it lets us do this show keeps the lights on basically makes the show run and uh we also have an option if you don't want to commit to given say monthly uh we now have a donate now button on the website you can go ahead and hit the give us money if you want to just throw us a dollar because you liked a particular episode or you just feel extra generous and you're already a patreon donor you can go ahead and hit that give us a buck or if there's something you want us to read uh any message you want us to do even just an ad for something that's going on we've got our jumbotron for 50 bucks you can go ahead and get us to read stuff yeah we've never actually advertised that have we if you put 50 bucks in you we'll email you and let you or uh, let you give us a message you want us to read on the air there are some guidelines but they're they're right there oh yeah it's basically just don't be an awful human being and keep it to about you know two minutes and under yeah pretty much so again uh if you want to check out any of the other stuff that we're doing though get to systemmasterypodcast.com that's where all the system mastery universe podcasts live check out all of that but until next time you have a good one